Hey guys, it's me, your girl. Welcome back to the Hello Sydney podcast, a podcast for horror lovers where we discuss any and all things horror related. I'm your host, Sydney, but that obviously should go without saying. Anyway, last week we discussed uh, Saw 1 through Saw 3D. We did a full breakdown of the timeline, but we still have three movies left. So today we're going to be discussing Jigsaw and Spiral, which in my personal opinion are the two weaker ones in the franchise, Spiral specifically. But then we're also going to be discussing Saw X, which is a personal favorite. I would put that like almost at the level of the first Saw movie. So let's just jump right into it with Jigsaw. This is the one that I like to call the one that will have you really fucking confused, especially if you go into it not knowing that it is a prequel. If you listened to my last episode slash if you know anything about the Saw franchise, you know that the Saw movies happen in a non-linear fashion, so it jumps around quite a bit. And this movie is no exception because it takes place both in the past and in the present, which doesn't make any sense, but it will once we get through it. So Jigsaw opens up with this car chase scene and we see the police chasing this dude named Edgar and Edgar basically finds this remote and is like, if Detective Halloran doesn't get here immediately, like I'm going to have to press this button and everything's going to be bad. People are going to die. But Halloran gets there, but it doesn't matter because time's running out. So Edgar presses the remote and as he does that, he gets shot. So he now gets shot in the hand and also in the chest. But before he's shot, he does detonate the remote and a timer starts. And now we see a game being played with five people. These five people wake up, they all have these like buckets strapped to their heads and they listen to a jigsaw tape that says, confess, the truth will set you free. This trap basically requires them to give a blood sacrifice and four of them are able to do it, but the fifth guy doesn't wake up in time and we just see him being dragged, but we never see what happens to him and the other four move on. Now you'll notice in most of the other Saw movies when people wake up in a trap, they're like, oh shit, we're in a jigsaw trap, but these people never say that, which is like something that should have made me suspicious the first time I watched it. Meanwhile, we see a scene happening outside of the trap and people in the park see this man hanging from a tree and this dude has a bucket on his head just like the people in the trap just did. So we assume that it's the fifth guy that didn't make it onto the next stage of the trap. So Detective Halloran takes this guy in for an autopsy to this guy named Logan and Logan notices that there's a puzzle piece cut out of this dude and they're like, how the fuck is this even possible? Jigsaw's been dead for dead for 10 years. Like, is it a copycat? During the autopsy, they find this cassette lodged into this dude's neck and they take it out and it's Jigsaw's voice saying the games will continue. Meanwhile, back in the game, Jigsaw starts to out people. So we learn that one of the women in the trap, she stole a purse from a woman. And as the woman was going to chase after her, she got she had an asthma attack and died because she didn't have her purse with her inhaler in it. And the reason that she was stealing money ended up being for $3.53 because that's all she got out of the purse that she stole. So her task in order to save the others is pick one of three syringes in front of her. And she's told that one has a saline solution. One has an antidote that's going to cure you from the poison that is currently running through your veins. Jigsaw loves to put poison in people's veins and the third one is like this acid that will literally burn you from the inside out and if you don't pick you're all going to hang which she sucks she doesn't pick so then a guy takes all three needles and injects them all into her and needless to say she obviously dies very brutally so now detective halloran gets a call that there's been a jumper from the same hospital that that dude edgar is staying in so they go to find the body and they find it's this woman who very clearly has died by having acid coursing through her So at this point, we believe that that's the body of the woman that we just saw, the purse snatcher, and we believe that all of these events are happening simultaneously. So Logan again does the autopsy, and now we see that the detectives are becoming kind of suspicious of his assistant, Eleanor, because she's like weirdly obsessed with the jigsaw case. 
Like, they find a Jigsaw fan website that they find that she frequents pretty often. During this autopsy, it's also revealed that under the fingernails of the last guy, who they call Buckethead, was John Kramer's blood. So now everybody's like, how the fuck is this possible? Like, we need to exhume his body because the public now thinks that he's still alive. Meanwhile, back in the game, there's three people still living and they move on. But this dude, Ryan, doesn't follow direction, which we know Jigsaw fucking hates, and he ends up falling through a floorboard and his leg gets severed. Or at least, like, this wire tightens around his leg and basically to get out of this trap, he has to now sever his leg. And that's the only way he's going to be able to save the other two who are Anna and Mitch because they now become trapped in a silo. And as they're trapped in this silo, various like weapons and shit start falling out of the fucking sky. So they're both about to die unless Ryan cuts his leg off, which after a long, very painful time, he eventually does. So again, back in the real world, Logan ends up meeting up with Eleanor to warn her like, hey, you should be careful, Halloran's suspicious of you. And I really don't fucking like this guy, Halloran. And he tells Eleanor this story about how, I guess, Halloran, like, let this murderer go loose. And two days later, he killed a little girl who ended up on Logan's autopsy table. So he doesn't really fucking like Halloran because he's kind of a piece of shit. And Eleanor is like, okay, well, I have something to confess. Like, my alibi was that I was home alone, but I actually wasn't home alone the night that Buckethead died. I was at my studio, and now I need to show you my studio. So they go to Eleanor's studio and it turns out that it is just this like warehouse full of all prior jigsaw traps. It's kind of cool actually. So we see like she has the reverse bear trap. She has the um, trap that Strom was in with the glass box on his head that filled with water. We also see this trap that's like a huge funnel with blades all inside of it. And obviously watching all the Saw movies, we know that that had never been a trap. So Eleanor explains that. According to the forums, this was a trap that was used in a game before all the others that nobody ever knew about, and this trap was never found, but she basically built it herself based off of, like, blueprints. And Logan's like, no, there's no way, there's no body that was ever in this trap, like, I would know. And Eleanor's like, well, maybe those bodies were never found. Meanwhile, back at the game, Ryan now doesn't have a leg, Anna and Mitch continue on, and the next room they walk into has that exact trap that Eleanor just showed us. But regardless, so this ends up being Mitch's test and Mitch's sin that he needs to confess is that he sold somebody a faulty motorcycle and he knew the brakes weren't working. And a few minutes after this kid drove away on the motorcycle, he wasn't able to stop and he got in an accident and died. Through a videotape left for him, we find out that that was actually Jigsaw's nephew. So John Kramer's nephew was killed by this man and that's why he's in this trap. This, I think, would have been an easy one to survive because all he had to do was stay still as he was lowered into this funnel while the blades rotate and he had to just like pull a brake lever. So if he managed to stay still, he would have been fine, but he was just a fucking idiot. So he dies. Again, back in the real world, we now see that guy Edgar from the beginning. He's still in a coma, but he is now injected with something by a hooded figure and then he just disappears. He goes missing. So remember, Detective Halloran ordered for John Kramer's body to be exhumed, and they do it, and when they open the casket, it is Edgar. John Kramer is gone. So obviously now everybody's confused and everybody's freaking the fuck out, and the detectives end up going to Eleanor's studio where they find a cut-up body, and we assume that this cut-up body is Mitch's body who just got completely cut up and mangled in this funnel trap. So Detective Hunt, who is Halloran's partner, goes to talk to Logan because they think that Logan and Eleanor are both in on this, and Logan actually ends up convincing Hunt that... He thinks that Halloran's the one that's doing all of this. He thinks that Halloran is the one that shot Edgar in the chest that day, and he thinks he's the one that's recreating all these jigsaw traps. Hunt also makes a comment about how Logan must blame Halloran for what happened to his wife, because earlier we learned that Logan's wife died six years prior. 
So now Hunt is suspicious of Halloran and Logan and Eleanor decide to go rogue because they're like, we don't want to fucking involve the cops because we can't trust Halloran. And Eleanor ends up deducing where the farm is that they think this current game is taking place. So as they make their way there, Hunt makes his way to Halloran's house where he finds a bunch of jigsaw shaped pieces of skin in his freezer. So now he's like, okay, obviously this is fucking Halloran. Back at the game, Anna and Mitch are the only ones remaining and they are both drugged and wake up with their feet chained. And when they wake up, there is a hooded figure there that reveals himself to be John fucking Kramer. I was just as confused as you are. So Anna sees him and is like, John, what are you doing here? And we realize that the reason that she knows him is because they actually were neighbors. John outs Anna for her sin, which is that she actually asphyxiated her baby and blamed it on her husband and made her husband believe that he rolled over and killed their baby in their sleep. And he was actually arrested for this, which like doesn't seem likely, but whatever. So he's arrested for it and he ends up killing himself in prison because he can't deal with the guilt. So this trifling motherfucker let her husband believe that he was the one responsible for killing their baby when it was really her. And then he calls out Ryan for his sin, which basically is that he was drunk one night and caused his friend to die in a car accident. So John loads up a shotgun with one shell, but before he does, he holds up the shell and says, this is your key to freedom. And he leaves the room and Anna, being an absolutely selfish bitch, goes to grab the shotgun first and turns it at Ryan. But when she fires it, it actually backfires and shoots her in the face. Ryan goes to it and realizes that the key was literally in the shell of the shotgun and now the key to his chain is completely ruined so he can't even use it. So he's just got to sit there and fucking die. Meanwhile, Logan and Eleanor make it to the barn, but of course they are attacked by Halloran who's been following them. Eleanor ends up being able to escape and makes a run for it, but then Halloran and Logan are overtaken and drugged. So the two of them wake up in a trap, which basically is this collar that has these laser cutters on them, and they're told that they need to confess their sins, and if they don't, they're going to be sliced apart with this laser cutter. So Halloran presses the button to make Logan go first, and Logan confesses to the fact that he was the autopsy tech in John Kramer's case, and he fucked up with the x-rays and like mislabeled both of them and if he didn't do that John's cancer would have been caught earlier. Despite confessing the collar kills him anyway and then we move on to Halloran. So Halloran starts confessing and basically admits to being an absolutely corrupt cop. He's planted evidence. He's like guilty people walk free. He's locked up innocent people. Basically, he's a huge scumbag and it works. His collar turns off. But then when he looks up to where the laser cutters were pointing, he noticed that the ceiling has holes in it. And when he looks over to Logan's side, there's no holes in it. And as he realizes that Logan stands up completely unharmed. So this is where we figure it out and it all makes sense. So Logan then tells Halloran that he was put in a trap 10 years prior. So remember the first scene with Buckethead who doesn't wake up and we assume that he dies. That was actually Logan and we see what actually happened, which is that John ran in to save him because he realized that he shouldn't have to die for an honest mistake of fucking up his x-rays. And then he reveals the very severely decomposed bodies of Anna and Ryan in the same room. So after John Kramer saved Logan, he recruited Logan as an apprentice and Logan started helping John. Logan admits that the bodies that have been being found recently were actually people that he used to recreate that original game. So again, that original game was a game that happened before all the other Jigsaw murders and nobody had ever known about and nobody had ever found the bodies. And Logan recreated them with people that Halloran essentially let go that were criminals. And Logan also tells Halloran that he has a personal vendetta against him because he let that guy Edgar go and Edgar is the one that's responsible for killing Logan's wife. And Halloran's like, well, you're never gonna get away with this. And Logan's like, LOL, yes, the fuck I will because Eleanor's not in on it and she actually is going to provide my alibi that you attacked us. And also I planted all that skin in your freezer. So everybody already thinks it's you and then fucking kills him. 
I actually don't entirely dislike this movie. I do like how, again, they like fooled you into thinking that everything was happening simultaneously, but by the end, it makes a whole lot more sense. I just don't really know how I feel about the whole like Logan being an accomplice because where the fuck was he the first seven movies, you know? Anyway, let's jump right into Spiral. Spiral is the one that I like to call the one that just doesn't fit. And I get the whole point of it because the official title of this is Spiral from the Book of Saw, but Saw is not Saw without John Kramer. This is the only Saw movie that John Kramer, like John Kramer is not in at all, not even his voice. They use this fake ass voice and it's terrible. Anyway, this one opens up with this lady getting her purse snatched and this guy who's a cop who's off duty going to follow him and they end up in like this underground subway. And my dude wakes up in a trap and basically this video plays trying to tell him the instructions, but the thing just sounds like Kermit the fucking frog, so you can't really take it seriously. And this dude basically either has to rip his tongue out or be hit by a train, which he fails to do and is hit by a train and is killed. So then we meet Zeke, who is played by Chris Rock, and we meet him while he's doing this undercover sting operation, which he decided not to tell any of his fellow co-workers about. So he gets caught and the captain of the precinct, her name is Angie, is fucking pissed and is like, okay, well, I'm assigning you a new partner. He's a rookie and you're going to have to show him the ropes. The guy's name is William Shank and their first task together as a team is to go investigate the death that happened in the opening. They can't determine who it is right there and then because again, he was hit by a train. So this guy doesn't have a fucking face. They have no idea who it is. But back at the precinct, Zeke gets this package that basically is a video saying that this killer is going to be targeting corrupt cops. And then he also finds a tongue, like a physical tongue. He gets a package with a tongue and with a badge in it. And when they see the badge number, they realize that it was this dude named Boz. Zeke's pissed because Boz was one of his best friends. So he convinces Angie to let him take lead on this case. All the other detectives are pissed though, because we learned that a few years prior, Zeke actually basically ratted out a corrupt cop and everybody fucking hates him for it. Cause they think he's a rat and that he's not loyal. So because they hate him, two other cops start investigating without telling Zeke. And one of these guys is Detective Fitch, who very quickly gets immediately drugged and put in a trap. His trap basically requires him to physically pull all of his fingers off or get electrocuted, and he does not manage to do so in time, and he gets electrocuted and dies. So the cops get a box with his fingers in it and his badge in it, and everybody starts immediately getting suspicious of Zeke, because apparently a few years prior, he and Fitch had some drama and have had some drama ever since. So a few years back, Zeke had been in a situation where he called for backup, and Fitch heard him call for backup and literally said, fuck him and didn't go, and then Zeke ended up getting shot. He didn't die, obviously, but this happened when Zeke's father, Captain Banks, was the captain of the police department. It was obviously fucking pissed. But regardless, Zeke and Fitch have had tension ever since then. So now we start to learn more about the people who are dying. So it turns out that Boz was accused of lying on the stand more than anybody. And it turns out Fitch murdered a guy at a traffic stop because the guy insulted him. And again, they now realize that this is like a jigsaw copycat killer who is targeting corrupt cops. So now we get a flashback of the reason that Zeke had to rat out a cop and why everybody hates him. So he used to be partners with this dude named Pete and he and Pete went to talk to this witness and the witness agreed that he was going to testify against a dirty cop. So Pete pulls out a gun and just fucking shoots him. So now another package gets delivered to the precinct and this time it is skin. And on the skin is a tattoo of the name Charlie. So... Zeke very quickly deduces that this is his partner, Shank, because Shank told him that he has a son named Charlie. And in the box is also a message saying, I'll take your head while you're distracted by other things or something like that. And what that means is that he is going to take the head of the department, a.k.a. Angie, and Zeke realizes that way too late. So Angie ends up in a trap where she either needs to sever her own spinal cord or have a bunch of hot wax fall into her face and burn her to death. So that's what happens. She dies. 
this happened in the precinct, like in the basement. So when Zeke gets back, he's obviously pissed. He goes to look at the cameras and finds that the last person to sign into the cameras was Pete, his ex-partner who has not worked on the force for years. Fun little Easter egg here, by the way, as Zeke's walking out of the basement, there's a sign behind him that says Vincent and Jules, which is an obvious uh, reference to Pulp Fiction because Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie and plays Zeke's father. So anyway, Zeke goes to find Pete, who is now running like an AA in a church basement. And when he gets there, he finds Pete in a trap and is subdued himself. He manages to get out, but he is unable to save Pete from the trap and Pete dies. So Zeke's now going to walk out of this warehouse that he's in and he comes across a very alive detective, Shank. So Shank never fucking died. That was not him. And it turns out that Shank was actually the son of the person that Pete killed and he witnessed his father be killed that day. So now he has a personal vendetta, not only against Pete, but against the whole police department for being corrupt. And he chose Zeke because Zeke is the only honest one. And he tells Zeke like, oh, I just want to be your partner. Like you can ID the bad cops and I'll take care of the rest. And Zeke's like, yeah, dude, absolutely fucking not. So Shank's like, yeah, I figured you might say that. So then he brings him into a room where he finds his own father, former Captain Banks, Samuel L. Jackson, in what we call the marionette trap. And he reveals to Zeke that his father was actually the most corrupt cop of all. And basically him and Angie were covering up a whole bunch of shit. So Zeke manages to shoot his father down out of the trap and then follow Shank to go get him. But as he's doing that, other cops start to come in. And when they come through the door, it triggers a trap, which then relifts Captain Banks up. And he like points a gun at them because again, he's being puppeted. So they shoot him and kill him. So the movie ends with Zeke watching his father be shot to death as Shank gets in an elevator and escapes. And that's it. So again, there's no connection to Jigsaw in this movie. This one doesn't really fit into the time frame. Like there's really no connections here other than it's a copycat. But now that leads us into the final and the most recent movie, Saw X. So again, these last two movies were kind of lame, but Saw X completely revitalized my love for Saw because this movie is so fucking good. And this movie is truly just John Kramer at his peak. Like this is John Kramer's opus. This movie is all about him. He's the star and we love him after this. So this movie takes place between Saw 1 and Saw 2. So John Kramer is still very much alive as is Amanda, as is Hoffman. But we do know at this point that John Kramer has been diagnosed with cancer. So the movie opens up with him talking to a doctor who tells him like you only have a a few months left to live. As he's at the hospital, he catches an orderly stealing from a patient, which leads John to have this fantasy of putting this guy in a trap. And the trap that he puts him in is like that iconic one from the cover that you've probably seen with the eye tubes. Basically, this guy needs to break five of his fingers or else his eyes are going to be sucked out through these tubes that are attached to his head. But again, this one is just a fantasy. This trap doesn't actually happen. So John ends up attending this support group for cancer patients where he meets this dude named Henry. A little while later, he sees Henry in a coffee shop and Henry looks completely healthy. So John's like, are you cured? Like what happened? And Henry basically tells him that he was part of an experimental Norwegian cancer treatment led by this doctor named Dr. Peterson. Remember in Saw 6 when John Kramer is talking to William Easton trying to get coverage for an experimental treatment in Norway? I like really can't fucking deal at how intricate and how well thought out everything is. Like that blows my fucking mind. Anyway, so John calls his doctor to apply for the treatment. She's like, you know what? You seem like a perfect patient and you only have a little bit of time left. So let's get this done immediately. Fly out to Mexico City. So he gets there and he drives out to the clinic and the taxi driver is this dude named Diego. There's this weird moment where there's like this kidnapping stage that's basically meant to like vet John. But regardless, he gets to the clinic. 
So he meets Cecilia Peterson, who is the doctor who is spearheading this whole thing. And he also meets this girl named Gabriella. Gabriella tells John that she had cancer previously and Cecilia cured her. And then he also meets the rest of the team, which consists of Mateo, Valentina, and Dr. Cortez, who's going to be performing the surgery. John also meets the young son of the caretaker, whose name is Carlos, and we see the two of them kind of form a bond, and there's a scene where John helps Carlos to fix his bike, because we know that John is an engineer, and John asks Carlos, how do you say pull in Spanish, which Carlos says holla. He also meets this other patient named Parker, who is having his cancer cured at the same time. But regardless, John goes into surgery the next day, and during the surgery, he sees this like weird video of a brain surgery being played, but ultimately goes under and forgets about it. The next day, he wakes up and Cecilia tells him, like, your surgery was a success. You are cancer free. Everything went well. Congratulations. And John now has a new outlook on life. We see a scene of him like in the park and he's creating a sketch, which we know is the rack trap from Saw 3. And he ends up actually like crumpling it up. So it's like he doesn't even want to be the jigsaw killer anymore. He appreciates his life now. So John, as a thank you, decides to go buy a bottle of tequila for Gabriella, who he really feels like he connected with. But when he gets to the clinic to go give it to her, it is completely abandoned. He goes to the room where they completed the surgery and he finds a DVD of a brain surgery and realizes that he's been fucking duped. These people are frauds. His operation was never done and he still has cancer. It was all a scam. So obviously they fucked with the wrong one and John Kramer does what John Kramer does best. And the first person he goes after is Diego, who is the taxi driver, because he also puts together that Diego was acting as Dr. Cortez. So Diego wakes up in a trap where he has these pipe bombs attached to both of his arms and his hands are wrapped in duct tape. And at the end of both hands is a scalpel. And his task is he needs to cut the pipe bombs out of his arms before the timer runs out. And he actually manages to do it. So Diego survives his trap. And then we see the rest of the people who were involved in this be kidnapped by somebody in an all too familiar pig mask. The last person to be abducted is Cecilia Peterson, the doctor. So when she gets into her car, John is in the backseat and drugs her. And the two of them look out the windshield and see somebody in a pig mask. They take the mask off and it's none other than Amanda fucking Young. Like I knew she was in the movie, but this was this reveal was just so iconic. I literally cried watching it. So Cecilia, along with Valentina, Mateo and Gabriella wake up in this trap and Cecilia makes a connection like, Oh shit, you are the jigsaw killer, aren't you? Because again, this is before John Kramer was caught, but we know that there is like somebody called the jigsaw killer on the loose. So he's like, haha, yep, hope you're all ready to be fucking tested. So the first person to be tested is Valentina, and this is absolutely without a doubt to me the most disgusting and vile and most difficult to watch trap in the whole entire Saw franchise. This is the bone marrow trap. So Valentina basically needs to saw off her own leg with a jiggly saw and then insert a vacuum into the wound and suck out enough bone marrow to make the timer go off before she's decapitated. Now, everybody in the traps in this movie has a full three minutes. You know, some other movies, it's like, okay, you have 60 seconds, which is just unrealistic, but they have three minutes in this movie and you are in the trap with them for the full three minutes. There is no like manipulation of time you are there with them the whole time so valentina's timer starts and she actually does a pretty damn good job she does manage to saw her leg off it's absolutely fucking disgusting and she puts the tube in but she does not suck out enough bone marrow in time and the trap goes off and she is decapitated and dies so the remaining three see this and they're like, okay, this isn't a fucking joke. Like we're fucked. Now what? So Cecilia comes up with this bright idea to basically disembowel Valentina and use her intestines as a rope because Amanda somewhat intentionally left this table in the middle of the room with her coat on it. And Cecilia knows that her phone's in it. So she does that and she manages to get the coat and get the phone. But as she starts to make a call to somebody, Amanda comes in and takes the phone from her. 
But a little while later, we see that somebody is breaking into the clinic, but Amanda goes and subdues them. She ties him up and they realize that it's Parker and Parker claims that he's there because he was also scammed. They told him that he, they were going to cure his cancer and he didn't, they didn't. And now he just wants his money back. Meanwhile, John has the bag of all the money that he found in Cecilia's house that she gets through scamming people. So as Parker's there and now watching, they are going to test Mateo. So Mateo's task is that he basically needs to give himself fucking brain surgery. So he needs to drill into his own skull and remove a piece of his brain tissue. And if he does not do so in time, then there is this heat mass that is going to close on his face and burn him to death. Mateo does end up drilling into his skull, but he is not able to remove enough brain tissue or do it in the amount of time. So the heat mass closes on him and he dies. Meanwhile, Parker is watching this and is like, uh, you sick fucks, what the fuck is going on? But John instructs Amanda to untie him, which she does. And as they're doing this, it's now Gabriella's turn to be tested. Now, Amanda kind of feels for Gabriella because Gabriella is a struggling drug addict, which obviously resonates with Amanda because she also was suffering from addiction. So Gabriella has her wrist shackled and her ankle shackled, and she is lifted up into the air and she is put in front of this radiation lamp. And basically her task is that she needs to sledgehammer her wrist and her ankle to get out of these shackles before she is burned to death by this radiation lamp. And Gabriella actually manages to do it. She's in pretty bad condition. And when she falls to the ground, she's pretty badly burned. And obviously her wrist and ankle are broken, but she survives. So John then tells Amanda like, okay, she survived her trap. She deserves to live. Take her to the hospital. But as Amanda goes to do that, Parker steals their gun and turns it on them and demands that they untie Cecilia. So it turns out that Parker has been a part of the scam the whole time. And he and Cecilia also are like in this weird relationship. So they go and they untie Cecilia and this sadistic ass motherfucking bitch goes over to Gabriella and just fucking kills her for literally no reason. And then she makes John strap himself into the trap that was meant for her. But the thing that they don't pick up on is that this trap actually was meant for two people. Before he can strap himself in, they start hearing a banging at the door and it turns out that it's actually Carlos. So Cecilia goes and gets him. And Cecilia, again, being a sadistic ass fucking bitch, forces Carlos to be the other person in the trap. So Cecilia and Parker are like, all right, you better tell this kid the rules of the game so he knows what to do. And John just looks at him and all he says is no holla, don't pull. So they both get in the trap and this is the one that we call the bloodboarding trap. So basically it's meant for two people who are going to deceive one another because it leans two ways and when it leans back, it literally waterboards the person who's leaning back with blood and if they pull the lever, then it will lean the other way towards the other person to waterboard them instead. So that's why John told Carlos not to pull because he's going to sacrifice himself for Carlos. Like he's not going to let this kid die. So it leans back and blood starts pouring out and starts suffocating John and Carlos sees what hap what's happening and understands what to do and he pulls the lever. I cried at the scene because Carlos is so wholesome. Like he understands that it John is going to die if he doesn't do this. So now it leans towards Carlos and Carlos starts be starts being waterboarded but John's like I'm not fucking having this. So he pulls his lever again and this time he holds it so that Carlos can't sacrifice himself. So John's just laying there and basically is accepting the fact that he's about to die and Cecilia and Parker know that he's about to die. So they decide to go back into the main room where John and Amanda have been to look for the bag of money. And they find that bag of money, all right. However, when they go to grab it, it triggers a wire and the room closes and starts filling with chemical gas. And at the same time, the bloodboarding trap stops. 
Remember in one of the earlier saws when John says to Hoffman, if you're good at anticipating the human mind, then nothing is left to chance? Yeah, John Kramer is always going to be 15 steps ahead of everybody else because he anticipated this whole entire thing and how it was going to play out. He knew that Parker was involved in this whole scam. So now at this point, Parker takes the gun and tries to shoot at the door, but there's no fucking bullets in it. And the reason there's no fucking bullets in it is because John is too smart and took the bullets out of it before Parker could steal it. Because he knew that he would. And John also knew that Cecilia was going to betray Parker, which is exactly what she does. So the room's filling with chemical gas, but there's one like ventilation hole that it has room enough for one of them to stick their heads out. So Cecilia literally stabs Parker and murders him so that she can be the one to get out of this hole and breathe. And she's left to watch as John, Amanda, and Carlos walk out victoriously. Now the real money that they stole from Cecilia, or stole back from Cecilia really because she stole it from everybody else, was actually in a different location and John now takes it and gives it all to Carlos. And then the credits start to roll, but wait, probably one of the best scenes of this movie comes during an after credit scene. This scene literally made me gasp like the gasp I fucking gusped during the scene and then I started crying so we see Henry remember the guy from the beginning turns out Henry was in on it too and he was recruiting people for Cecilia so we see John with Henry hanging in a very familiar bathroom yes it is the bathroom and who comes out from behind Henry Mark motherfucking Hoffman so yes, while we still don't know what happened to Hoffman after Saw the final chapter, we did get to see a glimpse of him in this movie and it was just, it was a life altering moment. So the movie ends with the two of them watching Henry in this trap. And there you have it. That's the full timeline. That's the full breakdown. And again, this movie literally altered my brain chemistry and revitalized my love for Saw. And I'm just so grateful for it. And I think this is probably going to end up being my favorite movie of 2023 by a landslide. This one just makes you root for John Kramer. Like sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, but this one, like you are rooting for him 100,000%. So again, there you have it. I hope you guys kind of caught some Easter eggs throughout this that you might've missed otherwise. And I really hope this helped you understand and appreciate the Saw franchise as much as I do. Tune in next week. I'm going to be putting out episodes every Wednesday, but in the meantime, follow me on TikTok and Instagram, mostly TikTok. I post basically every day. It's horror underscore chronicles. So until then, watch more horror movies and stay spooky, my friends. Mm -hmm.